One. What up, guys? This is The Chase Down. I'm JP, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's up, everybody? And today we figured we'd do something fun for you guys. Uh, we heard the rumblings of Kristaps Porzingis being shopped on the market and the trade deadline slowly creeping up. So we figured we'd do our own ideal trades or trades that we want to see happen for you guys. And then you, can, you guys can let us know if you agree or disagree with what we did. So, Ben, do you want to go first or should I hop into it? Um, sure, I can go first. I'll start with the one that I like the most. Uh, it involves the Celtics. And I don't know how possible it is, but I, I, it worked in every trade machine calculator I tried. So the Orlando Magic get Kemba Walker, Rob Williams, Romeo Langford, and Aaron Neesmith. And the Celtics get Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. There okay. might be draft compensation. Celtics might have to send a first-round pick or two. Yeah. Um, but those are the players. So – a thing that I think we should do during this podcast is rate the likelihood of something like these happening, right? So in your mind, what's the likelihood of that happening? I think it's relatively high. If the Orlando Magic want to sell, Nikola Vucevic stock has literally never been higher. Yeah. Um, and it probably will never be higher. This is like, he's, he's playing pretty fantastic. Um, and if they're trying to go into a rebuild, it would make sense to get rid of him when he's at his absolute best. Yep. Evan Fournier's only got one year on his contract, and they're paying him a lot of money, so we could take that off their hands. And we're giving him Rob Williams, who's a talented young player. Neesmith is a talented young player. And Romeo Langford's a question mark, but Kemba Walker's also talented. Yeah, I actually I like the I like that trade for both teams, actually. I think if Orlando is looking to sell, obviously they're going to want a youth movement um, and try to reshape their team. And then for Boston, obviously we need as much help as we can at the big man spot, whether it's scoring or passing or anything like that. And I think Vooch does a really good job of filling that. So I, I'm a big fan of that trade. I think Fournier too is also a dude when uh, we had Nate on, he was someone he brought up as a potential trade target. Um, he's been in the league for a long time and he's actually like, pretty solid as a player he would help the bench out a lot more than most of our young guys um i was considering rob williams and grant williams i think rob <clears throat> clearly has the higher upside yeah um but we could give up grant as well i think that might be too much but this trade seems like it benefits both teams yeah i i tend to uh, agree and i think the likelihood is probably medium like maybe here or there just because we're not sure if Orlando is willing to sell yet. I feel like a part of them wants to move forward with what they have just next year. Like when Markel and Jonathan Isaac are back healthy, a part of me feels like they still want to try that whole core out. But if they do sell, I think to the Celtics for that package seems reasonable. Um, I'll hop into my Celtics trade that I made. And this is for, Tristan Thompson and Romeo Langford go to Houston for Eric Gordon. Um, Eric Gordon is basically a certified bucket getter. Uh, people kind of just view him as like a spot up shooter just because he had to play with James Harden and he sat in the corner. But this is a legitimate guy who can just pop for 50 points one night. And that's not an over exaggeration. He can literally score 50 in a game. <laughs> I think it might be an over-exaggeration. No, check, going. check. Dude, I promise. Check it out. Um, he's done it multiple times in Houston, and 
he's just a legit scorer, and I think he's a guy who can patch together good minutes for us at the guard spot if Kemba's having a tough night. And with Marcus Smart being out for what seems like some more time than I thought, um, it, we need scoring from that spot. We need playmaking from that spot. And I think he provides defense that people don't understand or give him credit for either. So I think he's a pretty perfect fit for our team. And I think for the Rockets' standpoint, they're just looking to collect young talent at this point. And if they view Romeo Langford in a high degree, they might take a chance on that. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it definitely works on both sides. The How many – do you know how long Eric Gordon has on his contract? Is it a one-year deal? I do not think it's a one-year deal. Um, I've never been that high on Eric Gordon. Maybe it's just because he's so small. The Rockets have so many, like – undersized guys at positions like pj tucker is another guy i would never target if i was the celtics um but eric gordon brings a lot on defense and that's always great for a team like he's definitely a plus on any team um he's much more of a known variable i guess than romeo langford is like we have no idea what langford is at least eric gordon's a serviceable nba player um that's that definitely works on both ends Getting rid of Tristan Thompson is also nice for us. So he actually has what looks like four more years on his contract. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So a lot of money, but I still think it's worth it, honestly, because I do not see great things coming from this Celtics team. And I think it's something we might have to consider going into the luxury tax just to potentially make us a contender. So I think it could possibly be worth it. I agree that that is a possibility. Um, yeah, he's definitely a good dude to target. He's a vet. Uh, he, he knows what he's doing. He's been in clutch, tough moments. He's a good player to have on your team, for sure. All right, what's your next trade? My next favorite trade is with the Bulls and Pelicans. Um, the Bulls get Lonzo Ball, and the Pelicans get Kobe White and Garrett Temple. Very interesting. So my reasoning, Lonzo Ball – might be I might be undervaluing Lonzo Ball here because the fact that his shooting's actually like around the forty percent mark, I think it's like thirty eight percent right now. Yeah, um, is really impressive, and he's been hitting free throws. So maybe he's better than I'm giving him credit for. But Kobe White is a really good spacer who does not need to dribble the ball a lot. And if you're gonna have Point Zion be your your offensive plan, you don't need a guy like Lonzo who runs your half court a lot. You just need a dude who can get hot and shoot threes. Um, I added Garrett Temple just to make the money work, but he's been having a pretty good year in Chicago too. And the Bulls get Lonzo Ball, who can actually run an offense, and he would pair really well defensively next to Zach Levine. And I think it would make both teams better in the long run. I really like that trade um, because me and you spoke about it earlier in the year. The Bulls are lacking someone – to help them finish games off because me and you have both seen they're competitive enough, competitive enough and talented enough to push it right to the brink, but they don't have a guy to make good decisions at the end of games with the ball. And I think Lonzo provides that. And then for the Pelicans getting Kobe white, if Lonzo's shooting 38% from three, it's because he's getting wide open looks because of Zion. And if you put Kobe White in that spot instead of Zion, I think his percentage would be even higher than 38. So, yeah, I love that trade. I think the it's perfect fits for both teams. I think that's a rare win-win trade. Um, yeah, you killed it. 
I was uh, the other choice was Garrett for, for instead of Garrett Temple was Larry Markinen, but I felt like so depending on how how highly Lonzo's valued is I guess the range between Garrett Temple and Larry Markinen because Larry Markinen would be great for the Bulls if they kept him and just didn't pay him and just used him for the rest of the year he'd bring a lot of value yeah but obviously if you're getting like if you think you can re-sign Lonzo and you really believe in Lonzo as a player that could be a fair trade package as well. Yeah, and because you just said his name, I'll hop into my trade for Lowry Markkinen, and it actually involves both of the teams you just said. It's the Pelicans and the Bulls. Um, I have Lowry Markkinen going from the Bulls to the Pelicans for Nicola Melli, Jackson Hayes, and a first-rounder. So you might not be thinking, like, that's the most enticing package ever, and it's really not. But the thing about it is, is Lowry Markkinen and the Bulls are having disputes over contracts, and I doubt he stays. So in my mind, the Bulls need to be able to gain young talent, and it lets Wendell Carter and Patrick Williams actually go into their role. So I figured Nicolo Melli, just a guy who can space the floor, maybe patch a few minutes here at the forward spot. Jackson Hayes is kind of one of those guys where it's like his ceiling's DeAndre Jordan, but his floor is like out of the league. Like, it's, pr- it's pretty hit or miss with him. But if you're the Bulls, you need to take every swing you can at players like that. And then a first-rounder. The Pelicans aren't really showing that they're going to be a playoff team anytime soon. So you could potentially get a lottery pick attached to Jackson Hayes and Nicola Melli. I think that's a good enough package for the Bulls to accept it and just get away from the lottery marketing drama. I think it's, it's definitely fair. Do you think it makes the Bulls a better team? So this is, that's, I, I actually think it makes them even. Like, I don't think they get better or worse because Lowry Markkinen, even though some nights he's going to give you 20 points per game, he's also going to miss a third of the season. He's very similar to Kristaps in that way. He's always nicked up. He always, when Wendell Carter's healthy, he's hurt. And then when he's healthy, Wendell Carter's out. They just need stability. And to my knowledge, Jackson Hayes hasn't missed any games. And I'm not saying you have to throw him in in the starting lineup, but to have a big guy in the rotation that you know is going to be there every single night, I think is something that they would like. And that first round pick, if it is in the lottery, which it seems to be, I think that's something they would be interested in. That's It's definitely fair. I don't, um, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I like it. I'm not sure. Jackson Hayes is really he's a super athlete and you're right the difference between his like his highs and his lows are pretty severe um I don't know man it, it definitely could work uh if you're if the Bulls are focusing on not being that competitive right now because they don't have to be uh they don't really gain much by like fighting for the eighth seed I don't think this year right um yeah, it definitely could work to have I, – I like Wendell Carter Jr. a lot. I think you can give him more minutes. Daniel Gafford is not bad. He's a pretty good backup center. I think he's okay. Like, he's just, like, he's not good. He's not bad either. He's just, like, middling. He doesn't really swing the tide either way. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah. He's a late first-round, second-year guy. Right. So he's still very young. Um but yeah, so maybe it would be better to give the minutes to somebody like Jackson Hayes because Jackson Hayes will, would likely develop into a better player. And I think the last part of this trade that I want to get into before we move on to another one of yours is just giving Patrick Williams more of an opportunity. Um, he has shown an ability to guard really, really good players as a rookie. 
And he's the youngest player from that draft class, too. I, I think he's younger than us. I think he's 19. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah I think which you're is, right. Which is crazy to say. So if he's out there guarding LeBron and guarding Ben Simmons and, like, not doing horribly, I think that shows real promise. And I think that's a sign for them to just push him to the forefront and let him grow. I think that's totally fair. Um, I would imagine if that trade happened that they'd probably end up waving Nicola Melli. Yeah. Um, or getting a third team involved and getting him out of there because there's really no minutes for him. Right. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. Patrick Williams looks like he could be a fantastic two-way player one day. Um, he's so long, and you're, you're right, he's already got great instincts on defense. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a dude who should be getting as many minutes as possible. It's a good trade. What's your next one? All right, my next one – I'm not sure how much I love both sides of it, um, but okay. Kyle Lowry has talked about the possibility of being traded from Toronto. This is the last year on his deal. He's getting paid $30 million right now. So there's not a lot of teams that can take him. Um, I wanted to see what he would be like as a sixer. Cause I think that team would be an instant contender. Like if they're not already. Yeah. Um, so to the Raptors, I have Danny Green, Mike Scott, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel. Okay. And to the Sixers, just Kyle Lowry. Yeah. So that's funny. I have literally the same exact trade. Really? Yeah. So we had a pretty similar thinking behind that. Um, I've, I agree with you. I, right now, in my eyes, in the East, it's the Nets. And as well as the Sixers are playing, it's hard to see them matching the, uh, the Nets right now. Um, but I think Kyle Lowry puts them closer to that mark, and I think it's well worth it. Um, Danny Green, yes, he spaces the floor, but Kyle Lowry can too. Tyrese Maxey is promising, but I don't think he's going to be like an all-star caliber player one day. I just think he's going to be an effective scorer. And then with Matisse Thibel, you're, you're missing some defense. That's going to suck, but that's what you got to give up to get a player of Kyle Lowry's cal- caliber. So I- I'm with you. I think it's a great trade for Philly, and it's an okay trade for Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, the only reason you're doing it is for Maxi and Thibel. Right. Because um, having those young guys, I think Matisse Thibel under Nick Nurse could be a usable offensive player. Um, his offense is pretty bad, but his defense makes up for it. I think uh, Nick Nurse is good at setting up systems where guys can be, like, the best they possibly can on offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kyle Lowry as a sixer would also allow Ben Simmons to not have to run the half-court offense. He can because he's he he's been doing pretty well at it as of late since the the Harden to Sixers trade rumors came up. Um, but yeah, it was just it, Kyle Lowry's a game changer. He would absolutely push this team to be even greater, and you get to keep Seth Curry too. I think that's important. That starting five looks really dangerous. Yeah, I agree. And you were you mentioned how Ben Simmons doesn't always have to run the. Uh half-court offense anymore I think that's great for him because he can take up the ball and obviously we know how much like how special of a playmaker he is so he can still do that but to be able to take a load off and just give Kyle the ball to bring up sometimes and him just be a screener and roll to the hoop I think that would take some uh, pressure off his shoulders and I just overall think that would help the team a lot so yeah totally agree with you I think that's a great trade. And I actually think like on the terms of likelihood, I think that's a real possibility because there's been some smoke to that fire. Yeah, I I totally agree. The options seem to be, according to Kyle Lowry's people, 
if those are the the true rumors. Uh, Philly, Toronto, not Toronto, Philly, Miami, and Milwaukee, maybe. Um, I don't know how a Milwaukee trade would work. Their bench isn't really promising enough. And I don't know who they're giving up, like in a Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, if any of those guys are really worth it. Um, This trade is probably the best of both worlds where you get good value for Kyle Lowry and you send him somewhere where he can contend. I also was thinking of potentially sending him to Chicago because I think he would be a great uh, backcourt pairing with Zach Levine, but I couldn't think of a trade that would make sense on Toronto's end. And I don't know that Kyle Lowry would want that trade to happen. Yeah, he's definitely going to dictate where he goes just because of uh, the loyalty between him and the Toronto Raptors organization. He's the greatest Raptor to ever uh, live. They're not going to just send him to some bum team if he doesn't want to go there. So he's definitely going to have his hands all over the trade if he gets traded. Um, Let's move on to one of my trades that is the most exciting trade for me that I've done. And it involves one of your favorite teams, the Nuggets. So... This is the trade I've concocted. Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, plus two first-rounders all go to the Nuggets just for Michael Porter Jr. Um, I think the Grizzlies are in desperate need of a second player who can score. It's, it's really, really bad. And me and you have spoken, like, a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Grizzlies, we talked about how they have a whole bunch of really good role players, but no star players. And maybe they could package some of those role guys and maybe send it for a star. And I think MPJ fits on that timeline perfectly. He's only a year older than Ja, and they can all grow together. Jaron Jackson, Michael Porter Jr., and Ja Morant all on the same timeline. And I think that star power that MPJ potentially could reach is something that the Grizzlies need desperately. And I think because the Nuggets are struggling defensively so much, they'd love to have a Brandon Clark. They'd love to have a Desmond Bain. They would love to have a Xavier Tillman. And the two first-rounders they get from the Memphis Grizzlies, they can try to flip that for another with another team to get even more pieces. So I, just, I think it's a win-win. I think it's a really exciting thing. Uh, to get rid of MPJ, I think that would help the Nuggets a lot, and I think you could get a lot of value for him. So your guys were Bain, Tillman, and Brandon Clark. Clark? Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, you're splitting one really, really talented piece into three pretty solid team-built pieces. Right. Um, I, I think if you could have sold on Michael Porter Jr. at the best time, it would have been like after his first – 30 point game after he first like absolutely balled out and showed his potential because when you watch him play for a long time it's disappointing because his basketball IQ is just not there he's getting better um and John Moranzo an incredibly smart basketball player I think he could definitely help him it's a it's a nice it would be a really really cool thing for Memphis Memphis to have that sort of big three um yeah I, I really like that trade And another reason why I did it is it kind of seems like Mike Malone hates Michael Porter Jr. I don't know if anyone's – like, I'm sure other people have picked up on it, but in the bubble, he never really played Porter the minutes he probably should have deserved. Even now, I think last night he ripped him to shreds after that ridiculous uh, fast break play that ruined the game. He ripped him to shreds in front of the media. That's never a good sign. So 
I think the Nuggets are wearing thin with their patience with Michael Porter Jr. And I think Memphis would love to have him there because they can tell him like, Jaws our number one, you're going to be our number two. You're here to just take shots. And that's what he does best. And then have Jaron Jackson behind them as the third option. I think it's a perfect group. Yeah, and you get to hide, excuse me, Michael Porter Jr.'s defensive woes behind Jaron Jackson Jr., yeah. who is an excellent defender. Yeah, that would definitely I, – I 100% agree with you that the Nuggets are a little bit tired of MPJ. Um, you've seen a game – there was a game a couple weeks ago where Michael Porter Jr. interrupted a fast break to take a three-point shot, and he yeah. bricked it. Yeah. And Jokic was pissed at him and, like, was just pouting on the, on the court. Um, and then, yeah, that, that play the other day, four-on-one fast break, and Michael Porter Jr. runs away from the basket to the three-point line when you're down two. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. No. Um, yeah, that is crazy. Jamal Murray tweeted about that and tweeted about, like, look at this angle, man. Um, yeah, they were not happy. I wouldn't be surprised if they shipped Michael Porter Jr. It's it's not a high value to ship him at. You could have gotten more if you did it earlier, but yeah, it's it's a good enough value. All right, let's go to your next trade. What do you have? Uh, I have no more. Oh, perfect. All right, so this is the point, listeners, where I'm just going to run through the extra trades I made, and Ben's going to tell me if they're trash or not, okay? okay. So <clears throat> I have a trade for Bradley Beal. Two trades for Bradley Beal, actually. And as our listeners know, I swear that he's going to get traded, and Ben swears that he is staying place in Washington. So this should be interesting. Um, first one, Kelly Olynyk, Myers Leonard, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and two first-rounders all go to Washington for Bradley Beal. I mean, I don't think it's a great trade. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are good. Who wants Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard? Um, I get that they're like salary dumps, but what are you? What statement is that making if you're the Wizards that we're getting rid of our franchise guy and we've now picked up Tyler Hero and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and two bums? Well, the the thought process that I came into the trade having. <clears throat> is Tyler Hero before this season where he was like forced to playing point guard because everyone was injured, his stock was so high. I mean, through that bubble run, he was legitimately playing like a, a lower tier star as a rookie through the playoffs. And I think that's something we've seen with other rookies and they've become really good players like Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. They had really good postseason runs when they were rookies. So that's in the factor. Um, Duncan Robinson is one of the best shooters in the league. I don't think anyone can deny that. And if Russell Westbrook's on that team with shooters around him, like literally every spot around him, because Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk can shoot it. Um, I think that actually gives them a little more hope as a team um, if they do get rid of Bradley Beal. I'm not saying like they're better without Bradley Beal, but if they do decide to ship him, I think that package plus two first rounders is interesting. It definitely makes sense as a trade. Um, yeah, you would want, if you're going to ship Bradley Beal anywhere, you're going to ship him somewhere where like his team's going to contend. Uh, Cause it doesn't really matter if you ship him to a team, like if you're just getting rid of him to move him to another nine or 10 seed, what's the point. But if you're shipping him to Miami where they could contend, it makes sense. Right. Uh, the first round draft picks are nice. I, I think it's not bad. 
it takes minutes away. Like if you're playing a Linux, you can't play Denny Avdia as much or Hachimura. And maybe Hachimura has been a little disappointing. Um, yeah, I think if Washington could just commit to a rebuild, if they could just like admit that that's the strategy, that would be a good move. You'd also have to get rid of Russell Westbrook, but that's not a bad thing either. Exactly. Or if they decide to keep Russell Westbrook, I think that's literally the ideal team you would want around him. Just a whole bunch of players. That, right. Just a yeah. whole bunch of players that could shoot. Um, so this is my second trade for Bradley Beal. And this one's a little more intriguing. Bradley Beal and Robin Lopez go to the Warriors for James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, and three of their own first round picks. Not the Minnesota one because it's too valuable but three of their own Warriors picks go to Washington. That's a lot to give up if you're the Warriors. Right. Too uh, much? I think, it, I think you could do Oubre instead of Wiggins. Okay. Um, if I was the Warriors. I mean, maybe. Steph and Bradley Beal together would be awesome. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. They would probably pair fine together when Clay comes back as well. Uh, I've, I've kind of thought that if this was – if Clay was healthy this year, they might have shipped Wiseman to get some sort of real value. Um, yeah, who knows what direction the Warriors are going in right now. But, like, if they could get someone like Bradley Beal with a couple of years on his contract to go next to Steph and Clay, that's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good trade. Yeah, and that my thought behind it is I think the Warriors recognize this is not their year to win a championship, right? Two, Clay got hurt, and that's the second best player. He's an all NBA caliber player. They're not going to go far without him. Um, if you get Bradley Beal this year, and then next year Clay comes back, and you have Draymond and Steph, that is a championship lineup, no doubt about it. You have a former defensive player of the year, you have three all stars, you have three shooters who can all dribble, handle, shoot, everything. And then you can kind of fill the center spot with. A random guy like it doesn't have to be a great center or a trash center just like a guy you like a JaVale McGee type like that would be fine that's a championship lineup and they still have that Minnesota pick so you never know they could get a big guy through the draft if Evan Mobley slides to that point I don't think he will but you never know um but yeah I think that trade potentially actually happens yeah I mean that's it's definitely a fair trade I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors don't end up making an offseason move. Packaging Wiseman and that pick next offseason would be good for if they wanted to do that. When now that Clay's back, if they could trade both of them in the offseason. Um, I don't know if that's a good time to trade your rookie in the offseason, but like, I don't know. You don't see a draft pick this high get traded in his rookie year very often. Right. Um, it would definitely be a big move if they. I don't know. It's not bad. It's definitely not bad. It's a move for the future. And it seems like maybe it's a bad move for the future because you're getting rid of a high round draft pick, but Bradley Beal is already a well-known talent. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. And I think it actually works out for the Wizards too, because obviously, I mean, they're going on a little win streak now, but I don't think anyone expects them to be a playoff team this year. So they're going to be in the lottery. And you can start building your team around James Wiseman. I know Russell Westbrook's there, so it's going to be his team, but no one's taking minutes away from James Wiseman in Washington. Um, they're not a good enough organization to 
do what the Warriors are doing and like kind of feed him his minutes here and there to make sure he's playing well. They're not smart enough to do that. They're just going to send him in for 42 minutes and see how he does. So it's, it's an interesting thing. And they get Andrew Wiggins, who we've seen be able to be a winning player. The question is, in that culture, does he sustain that? So, but I think the package is good for both teams. I think it's it's definitely not bad. It, around if Russell Westbrook stayed, he could certainly help motivate Wiggins to stay at that level. Um, with him, it seems like it depends on how real their winning chances are. Like he's not going to put in a plus level effort on defense when the Timberwolves like didn't have a direction and weren't going to be anybody. Right. Uh, but now that he can like show his worth on a team that matters he puts in high level defense. I don't know. It would be, it is a question mark for sure. Right. Um, but his contract's coming up His it's expiring pretty soon. So, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, to take the chance on him. All right. Let's move on to another trade. I concocted uh, DeMar DeRozan goes from the Spurs to the Hawks for Rajon Rondo, John Collins and Tony Snell. So let me just break down what I thought about here. DeMar DeRozan is an all-star caliber player. And if the Hawks don't make the playoffs, Travis Schlenk, Lloyd Pierce, both getting fired. No question about it. The expectations are too high and they're not good enough. So they need more talent. Um, Rajon Rondo was a waste of a contract. You called that from the very jump. Uh, he doesn't play in the regular season, like you kept saying over the off season, but he makes the contracts work. And I think if any guy can pull stuff out of Rondo, it's probably Popovich. Um, and then John Collins is really the gem of this trade, in my opinion, because the Spurs are starting a youth movement, but all the players they have on that youth movement can't really score at a high level. They're all well-rounded players. They're all really good role players or a little bit above. Like DeJounte Murray, I think, has probably the highest ceiling out of all of them. But no one has the ceiling that John Collins has. John Collins could be like a 22 nine and like two guy in his career. And that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, so I think he gets to play big time minutes and he gets the bag because they'll extend him. And DeMar DeRozan gets to go to a team and potentially try to push them into the playoffs. I really actually like that trade. I think there's a real possibility of that trade happening. Um, it, it depends because the Spurs, since they are the sixth seed, it seems like they are trying to keep their core together and just like, I don't know, play into the playoffs and just see how they do. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I think the best time to get value for DeMar DeRozan is right now. Like, don't wait until you see if he extends with you after the offseason. Like, get rid of him now for some value. He would definitely help push the Hawks towards the playoffs. Um, he's been in huge moments. He, like, you need somebody on your team who, who is, has real playoff experience, and DeMar DeRozan has that. Um, I like, I think John Collins and Keldon Johnson would be playing the same position. Yeah. And I like Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Um, but the center position for the Spurs is pretty weak. And I've always thought John Collins could maybe play like an undersized center. Yeah. So that could probably work. The way I see it is that they could put him at the five, but they also have Pirtle, who I think is okay. Like he's a good defensive center. And we all know John Collins' one-week spot is defense. So you could pair Hurdle 
John Collins. And I don't think it would be horrible if Keldon Johnson was out there at the three. I know he's more of a four in terms of his body type and who he guards, but I don't think it would be a massacre by any, any means because he tries his hardest on defense every time. So I don't think it would be horribly defensively. And I think it just works for both teams. Yeah, um, I used to be a lot higher on Jakob Pearl than I am now. I think you can give him John Collins' minutes – or give John Collins his minutes. Yeah. Um, he is shooting – I just went and looked. I knew it was bad. He's shooting 31% from the free throw line this year. Um, red hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is pretty great on defense. But, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. I would like to see the Spurs actually commit to a rebuild – instead of keeping around DeRozan and Aldridge. And I think if you ship DeRozan, then you could ship Aldridge as well. And he probably has a good, good amount of value. hundred percent. And I think it just pushes both teams in the directions they want to go. Um, I'll move on to another trade. This trade, I think literally has 0% chance of happening, but I just kind of wanted to hear your take on it. Kristaps Porzingis from the Mavericks gets traded to the Charlotte Hornets for Gordon Hayward. Now, in the trade machine, that works out. The salaries match, and you can do it. But there is 0% chance. But if you could imagine those players on those teams, what do you think? I mean, I think at, at their best days, KP is better than Gordon Hayward. Um, Gordon Hayward, if he can stay consistent, is awesome all the time. Like, if he can stay healthy, he's awesome all the time. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, I don't, I don't see uh, any chance that that happens at all. Zero percent chance. Yeah, um, they would be good fits. Like Luca and Gordon Hayward together would run a really, really good offense. Yeah. Um, I don't know about KP on the Hornets, but I mean, maybe. I, I think Gordon Hayward fits the Hornets pretty well. Yeah. I would need to hear an argument for why KP on the Hornets. So. Base, this trade was more paired for let's get Luca some help than the other way. But I still think Kristaps Porzingis isn't a bad fit for the Charlotte Hornets because the pick and roll takes over the NBA right now. There's so many pick and roll players. And LaMelo Ball has shown that he is like, this is no exaggeration. He is playing like an all-star player. And since, since he started, he's averaging 20 points, six rebounds, six assists, six assists. That is like literal all-star numbers. So if you can give him a pick and roll partner, pick and pop partner like Kristaps, I think that could add something unique for him and kind of make him the center of the team. But it, it is more geared for, let's think of players that would be a good fit for Luca. Gordon Hayward could handle the ball a little bit, take it away from Luca, And we, know, we always talk about Gordon Hayward's ability for the hockey assists. So we know Luca likes to go a little bit ISO heavy, heavy every once in a while. But if you just give it to Gordon, he cuts to the basket and then he dishes out to the corner. I think I think that would be a good fit for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, KP, Kristaps Porzingis, and Lamelo as pick and pop partners that would get you so many threes every single game. Yeah. Um, that could that could definitely be pretty good for both teams. I don't see it happening because I think the Hornets really like the fact that they have Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he would also even influence more people to sign like Luca and Gordon Hayward is a place I think more free agents would want to sign than Luca and Kristaps. 
I even though I think at his peak, Kristaps is a better player. I 100% agree. Kristaps' ceiling is literally a top 10 player in the league, but it doesn't matter because he can't stay healthy. Gordon Hayward's never going to be anywhere close to a top 10 player of the year, league, but he's so consistent when he is on the court that you're going to want to play with him. And he just seems like a fun player to play with. So like you said, that's definitely a draw for free agents. And my last trade that I made is a little bit of a joke, but I want to hear your take on it. Josh Richardson from the Mavs and two first round picks to Philly for Seth Curry. I no, I mean, I'm not doing it, but definitely it was a boneheaded decision to trade them. (laughs) yeah i had to throw that one in there because that has looked like a devastating trade so far and it's clear that daryl morey knew exactly what he was doing in that trade um it it just he he struck out um whoever's the gm of the maps totally struck out on that trade he biffed it big time and and lucas not happy about it that team should be better than what they are and this is not looking good for that team. So I, I thought I'd throw that in there at the end. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It was a mistake. The the trade was a mistake. I wish that it wasn't, but Richardson's not as good as Seth Curry. Doesn't bring as much. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Let us know if you agree with some of the trades we thought of and like let us know if you think they would be good for both teams, one team, all of the above. Um, Ben, any finishing words? I got nothing. Peace, everybody. Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. If you want to interact with us at The Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Blogger at The Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.